Hey, it's Debbie here. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. But you can also hear the Dave and Dijanovic show live on KSL News Radio Monday through Friday, starting at nine, or at kslnewsradio.com. Keyword podcast. So text that keyword to five seven five zero zero, and you'll be entered to win a pair of AirPod Pros. And be sure to listen for a new keyword next week and every week this February for even more chances to win. Today, KSL in your community. We will take a full deep dive into all of the activities going on here, volunteers as well. Live from the ARUP Blood Drive, here are Dave Noriega and Debbie Dujanovic on KSL News Radio. We will be broadcasting live on the heels of Tim and Amanda just wrapping up their show. We'll be here all morning long at the ARUP. Uh, facility here in Sandy. We're at about 9,700 South and 500 West. Uh, and we'll be giving you all kinds of information on how to give, when you can give, which is basically seven days a week. And also, Dave, enticing people to give blood because there's a special giveaway for Taylor Swift concert tickets. We'll be learning more about that throughout the morning. Yeah, we're sitting next to a live size cutout of Taylor Swift. So, yeah, win two tickets. Very exciting. I think it's going to be in New Orleans is where she's uh, playing. So that would be an incredible trip. And we want to make sure you get here safely. So keep it right here at KSL News Radio all morning long. We'll be giving live weather and traffic updates throughout the show. Uh, For now, let's get to our top story. America's top political story. Special coverage with Dave and Dijanovic. The special counsel that looked into President Biden and those classified documents he had sitting in his garage at his home. His locked garage, Debbie. Locked garage. I think the biggest takeaway from that report, and it was hundreds of pages long, is the special counsel actually made it seem like President Biden is on the border or well into dementia. Let's listen to President Biden's fiery comeback after that special counsel report was released late yesterday. I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Wow. That, that's quite the, quite the explanation, right? None of their business. It, it really doesn't matter what the business is. You know, prosecutors and investigators, they ask questions all the time. They may have a, a purpose to ask one to maybe set up another question. So he, this is something that he talks about all the time, but he was very... Very defensive, obviously. Let me point to some of the language in that report uh, that was released about Biden's memory. Um, it, it was very clear that he had been interviewed by the special counsel. It looks like some of those interviews came in October. So just recently, just a few months ago, that his memory was fuzzy, uh, that he was having a hard time recalling uh, certain dates and uh, leaders of countries that he'd recently worked with. He'd confused them for leaders that he'd worked with in the 1980s, that he couldn't remember uh, the date and the year that his son, Bo, had passed away. Now, Bo had passed away in 2015 from brain cancer, and the special counsel, Robert Hur, said in that report that 
President Biden wasn't even within years of remembering the date of when uh, Bo had passed away. Uh, President Biden immediately pushed back. There was a hastily called news conference at the White House late yesterday. Reporters were yelling questions. The news conference felt like it was wheeling out of control. And President Biden was uh, absolutely tried to be as clear as possible and defend his memory, but that actually ended up turning into a complete mud. Let's listen to more of President Biden's defense about that report. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out of- is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I can let you speak. That's uh, that's that's my memory has gotten worse, Mr. President. My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. He's trying to make fun of it. He's trying to make a, a, a make light of what's going on. But I think what this report shows is is what a lot of Americans are fearing right now is the mental capacity of the president. And does he have another year in him to to run? And does he have another four years on top of that? When a reporter yelled at him that voters are already questioning his his mental capacity and his age, he pushed back at her, pointed his finger and said, that's your judgment to the reporter. Um, There was also a moment after that news conference wrapped up where he was walking away to leave the podium and then he started to get questions from the gaggle of reporters there about uh, what's going on in Israel and Gaza. So he slowly returns back to the podium and he starts answering questions and this is where things got really, really weird for me. Uh, He was uh, referring to um, the leader of uh, the president of Egypt as the president of Mexico. Let's listen to that moment. As you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. So he was totally confusing the Gaza Strip, Israel, Egypt, with the president of Mexico. And I was watching this live and I was completely confused by what he was saying. I was like, what is he talking about the president of Mexico? And I wasn't alone. All of the people who were watching the live stream were commenting on it and they were saying the same thing. Like, what is he talking about Mexico? One even commented, you mean Mexico? So, you know, it was like one of those moments where he just opened himself up to this to just I, it just was really it was painful dave and here's the key we all make mistakes we all forget names we're all struggled to remember certain events but when it's on occasion that is excusable it is one time after another with president biden and it, this is not i i think stealing a, a phrase from from donald trump this is not a witch hunt he stands in front of reporters he answers questions he speaks off the cuff off teleprompter and when he does almost invariably there's some sort of noticeable mistake either uh he he's not articulating himself he's not enunciating he's slurring words together or he just misstates facts or remembers things 
wrongly. The fact that that press conference was called so hastily after that special counsel report was released was just proof to me that he was trying to do damage control about what was in that special report. And I think what my takeaway from it is that it made things worse. Uh, they should have taken a beat. I know that the Republican uh, camp was absolutely ganging up on uh, Biden after that report was released, but I felt like that was just the wrong call by his staff, uh, by his campaign, whoever made that decision. Maybe it was him. He should have taken a moment, waited to maybe today to address it, or perhaps not even address it at all. Which was very much his strategy when he ran in 2020. He stayed back. He let Donald Trump go out front, and he had all the headlines. Now that he's in front and he can't be quiet as president, this is some of the mistakes that they were worried about. The other big development that came after that report is a special counsel decided that President Biden will not face charges, recommended that he do not face criminal charges for having those classified documents uh, that, that were in his garage. Um, but you look at the situation with President Trump, he's facing charges for what was found in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, so we're going to have Greg Scordis, our legal analyst here at KSL, uh, jump on the phone line with us next live to explain why not Biden? Hey, it's Debbie here. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. But you can also hear the Dave and Dujanovic show live on KSL News Radio Monday through Friday starting at 9 or at kslnewsradio.com. Keyword podcast. So text that keyword to 57500 and you'll be entered to win a pair of AirPod Pros. And be sure to listen for a new keyword next week and every week this February for even more chances to win. It's a special edition of Dave and DeGenovic, live from the ARUP Blood Drive. This is KSL in your community. Well, Dave and I were just talking about the special counsel report that was released yesterday uh, regarding President Biden and the special counsel's investigation into those classified documents. And as part of that report, uh, the special counsel cited several instances where President Biden's memory seemed to be failing. Uh, But there's another layer to this report that we absolutely have to address. Uh, It it seems uh, as though, through the special counsel's recommendation, President Biden will not face any criminal charges in relationship to those classified documents, uh, many of them stored in his uh, home garage. Yeah, and he was uh, giving access to a lot of these documents to his ghostwriter as they were writing a, a book on you know on his life. So the, the real question I have, and this is what makes this this conversation so fascinating. Donald Trump is facing almost identical charges in, in the sense that uh, they both had, the, had, had committed, quote unquote, the same crime. Let me t- go through uh, just to give you a taste, Dave, and to our listeners, uh, what was contained in some of those boxes that were found um, near a collapsed dog crate, by the way, in, the, in, the, in, in his home. Uh, documents about Afghanistan found in the garage. Uh, near that dog crate, um, a, a, near a dog crate, a dog bed, and a Zappos box, an empty bucket, a broken lamp wrapped with duct tape, and potting, like anybody else's garage, and there sat those classified documents. Uh, the documents mainly uh, had to do with military and foreign policy in Afghanistan. There were also notebooks that Biden had used uh, through his presidency. 
Um, His vice presidency. Vice presidency, right. right. Um, Kind of personal reflections, notes about meetings. He was also uh, asked about sharing uh, the information with his ghostwriter. Yes. um, Who's writing a book for on as his ghostwriter. Uh, and he was asked yesterday at that hastily called news conference after this report was released by a reporter, look, President, is there anything you would have done differently? Let's listen. What I would have done is oversee the transfer of the material that was in my office, in my offices. I should have done that. If I go back, I didn't have the responsibility to that. That was my staff was supposed to do that. And they referenced that in the report. And my staff did not do it in the way that, for example, I didn't know how half the boxes got in my garage until I found out staff gathered them up, put them together, and took them to the garage in my home. And all the stuff that was in my home was in filing cabinets that were either locked or able to be locked. It was in my house. It wasn't out in, like, in Mar-a-Lago in a public place where, and none of it was high classified. Didn't have any of that red stuff on it. You know what I mean? Around the corners? None of that. And so I wish I had paid more attention to how the documents were being moved and where. I thought they were being moved to the archives. Greg Scordis joins us right now, KSL legal analyst, and uh, ultimately, really, the the punctuation point on this is that the prosecutor that investigated this decided not uh, to charge President Biden on this. And in fact, in his report, he says that the jury uh, would likely view him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Uh, I. I guess I didn't realize that that was taken into consideration, Greg. (laughs) It's taken into consideration in the sense that in order to commit a crime, a person has to have what we call mens rea. They have to have the intent to commit the crime. And if he ended up having classified documents, but he did so carelessly or negligently rather than intentionally, then they wouldn't have the basis for the crime. And so I think what they're saying is that he should have overseen his staff better, that he should have had uh, better sort of controls on what's going on. And really, ultimately, it was his decision. But they felt like a jury would probably say, look, you know, he made a huge mistake. He relied on other people. He probably didn't have the intent to commit this crime. Greg, uh, when you when you listen to the president talk about, you know, the documents that I had didn't have that red stuff around them. <laughs> and that, by the way, it's uh, President Trump. Look, at they were in his home on like on a stage in Mar-a-Lago. Um, is that where the difference is uh, for uh, an attorney uh, like special counsel Robert Hur, who's looking at this and saying, you know, President Biden's situation is is far different. And then when President Trump was asked to return the documents, he didn't. And I know her didn't investigate the Trump situation, but is that is that the difference there? Yeah, the biggest difference is what you just mentioned at the end there, Debbie, that notwithstanding the fact that both of these men had documents they shouldn't have had, Biden turned them over. He cooperated. He allowed agents to go into the House and seize what they wanted. Trump did just the opposite. And in fact, there's an allegation, and I guess he's presumed innocent, of course, that he actually hid the documents and avoided what was happening with the FBI and other agents that were going in to seize that, where Biden said, hey, here's my garage, here's my car, open the door, take whatever you want. 
So there's always, as a prosecutor, some, some, you know, I don't know, forbearance or, you know, forgiveness, I guess, for people that cooperate in the investigation, participate, and are truthful in the way that they respond to whatever they did wrong. Another part of the report that stood out to me said it would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him, speaking of President Biden, by then a former president, well into his 80s, of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, I mean, and that's similar to what I was just talking about, that willfulness, I called it intent, but it's the same concept, Dave. It's, mm. the, it's the idea that really did you intend uh, – vice president at the time, Biden, to take classified documents, to remove them and to and to do so illegally. And I think what they're saying is, you know, he did so dumb. You know, he he was he wasn't thinking he wasn't, uh, you know, doing what he should have done and, and being as careful as he should have. But he really didn't have the intent to subvert the government or to take classified documents or but do Greg, anything. But he that did would have... share it with a ghostwriter. It's not like sure. he didn't know that these were there. He's trying to kind of play both sides, in my opinion, where he says, oh, my staff just put them there, and I, I guess my I guess my ghostwriter saw him. No, you're right. You're right. He's trying to distinguish himself from, from Donald Trump. He's trying to make his situation different. And the the special counsel did a little bit of that for him and said, he really didn't have the intent. You're right. Once he realizes he has the documents, once he once he recognizes that and is sharing them with the ghostwriter, he had every obligation and, and every reason to return them, knowing at that point that he probably shouldn't have had them. And perhaps he should have been much more careful with that. And if there was a crime here, that's probably where it would have occurred. But special counsel knows more about the case than we do and decided for whatever reason that they didn't think they could prevail with the prosecution. Greg Scordis, KSL Legal Analyst. As always, Greg, thanks. Okay, so what we know so far from this report is that President Biden will not face any criminal charges regarding uh, the classified documents that were found in his possession um, and that he uh, has come out swinging against the special counsel, Robert Hur for putting information in that report about his mental state and his memory. Straight ahead, we're going to go uh, up to Capitol Hill, keep our eye on the hill, all the way from Sandy, where we're live right now at ARUP Blood Services. There's legislation proposed on Capitol Hill that could very much uh, expand daycare options very quickly for parents who need daycare. We're going to get Senator Luz Escamilla on the line about this next.